Welcome everyone to 2023 season episode 25 of the Team Blaney podcast. My name is Adam Rogers and alongside me is co-host Steve Mez. As always, this podcast is brought to you by fans for fans. Steve and I have been following the drivers of the Blaney racing family for two decades and Team Blaney itself launched on social media in 2014. Each weekly episode of the podcast offers an in-depth analysis of Brian Blaney's latest NASCAR Cup Series race, plus news, notes, and a lineup of special guests all throughout the year. This week, we break down the number 12 team's run in the Crayon 301 at New Hampshire Motor Speedway. Steve, as always, welcome back to another episode of the podcast. And what, our fourth straight, third straight week where it actually did rain and rain delayed things. Fourth straight week where there's been at least a threat of rain in the NASCAR Cup Series. And um, we are hoping it was going to be another magical Blaney Monday at Monday, New Hampshire yeah. after after the race was delayed. And uh, things were setting up to 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 make that happen car had a lot of speed this weekend it's amazing how there's two monday guys that they talked about ahead of time while well, they mainly talked about the other one and he did it he pulled it off but there's actually another monday guy who's right behind him on monday wins uh so yeah um otherwise i mean the weekend went really really well till it didn't and uh we'll get into it i'm sure um a little bit but um it's they were coming out firing and the practice and the qualifying and everything were really, really, really good. Um, and I'm glad they didn't actually, I uh, kind of was teasing people online about the wet weather tires, wet weather tires, yeah. you know, and knowing that they weren't going to probably, you know, cause the rain was just too much rain, but I'm glad they didn't do that because, uh, whatever setup you have for the car is generally under dry conditions. So wet conditions, who knows what would have happened. You know, I'm uh, sure they would have started up front, but then what would have happened? You know, maybe you slip in a turn or something a little bit or don't find enough moisture to run in. And then, and then what, you know, so it, that's why that it would have been interesting to see just cause it's, they haven't really done a lot of oval yet with, with the wet weather stuff, but, um, the, the road courses are the only real place for the wet weather tires really, I think. So now I made a, a joke on, uh, Twitter with you about my thoughts on the race. I wanted to get some quick reactions on, on how you think the race went overall, because I lift, I listed my points on why I thought, um, I thought that it was a good race. And, um, and I brought up my classic, you know, I bet you it's one of those races that if you were there in person, you'd come away thinking it was a really, really good race. And I think my points were that there was multi-groove racing in New Hampshire, which we don't usually see. There's a lot of comers and goers, there was a lot of pit strategy and I thought I called it interesting and split pit strategy between two tires and no tires and four tires and uh, staying. I mean, the Suarez car stayed out like forever <laughs> uh, trying to catch a caution that they actually eventually did. Um, I, I said, really, the only thing that we were missing was um, a pass for the lead. There's a few battles for the lead and some drama at the end. So that's kind of the way I came away with it because, you know, this is a track that we don't always see multi-groove racing and you saw guys running at least three different lines in this race. And I, I thought that um, it might result in something that I said, a classic, if you're at the race, you probably thought it was a really great race kind of race. So that, that, that was my thoughts on it. And I know you're going to disagree with me and that's okay. That's it's, it's all right. Yeah. Agree to disagree. Well, you hit the nail on the head. If you were there, it had to be awesome. Um, from listening to, you know, and mind you, we're at work on Monday. So that's true. That's true. You know, a little bit harder to watch, although I was able to hear in there when I had a chance to stop from what I was doing and look, look, look at my thing, you know, uh, phone I could, but I had definitely had the scanner on the whole time. Um, that the grooves that you're talking about were about within a half a lane of each other. So passing was not that easy to do. Hey, and Ryan passed on the outside on the first he run did, there. He did. He did. one. So yes. there you go. I just but said multi-groove. I didn't so, say how far apart they were. Yeah, that's <laughs> that's true. You did say that multi-groove, but he didn't say they were in different lanes. Um, so yeah, it was a lot of that where, um, and, but Ryan was a, one of those cars. When we talk about these types of things where 
Um, maybe two or three cars have totally hit on it. Uh, of course, the 19 was one of them. But Ryan was also one of them where he may have been two to three tenths faster than other guys. And when you're that much faster, you can make some moves. Yeah. Um, but for the most part, it got to be that, you know, I'm behind you. I'm in dirty air. I get within two tenths. Uh, you, if you run the same line, I can't get around you kind of thing. Um, and that was like that for the, the top five or top six. You're right. In through the field, there was probably some passing um through the field uh tire fall off was interesting because they did not they had this new tire and it really did not fall off and the reason i say that is because some guys took two tires later on and it worked um you know usually if somebody gambles on the two tires to get the track position they get run over um if it's if there's that much fall off um but if the fall off isn't that great and they, sometimes they can maintain and it, it did uh and they, they were able to hold their position. Some of the guys that took two at different points in time. So, um, yeah, the, the new tire really wasn't, uh, didn't help them the way they thought it would. They were hoping for more fall off and, uh, yeah. talking actually, I think, I think I'd actually asked Jonathan last week about that. And, um, uh, and he had told me that, that it, they didn't expect it to be a, a big fall off and, and it wasn't. Yeah. I saw, uh, some posts from crew chiefs, specifically like Rodney Childers, who said, he thought it was a step in the right direction and that they should bring the same tire to Phoenix and to Richmond. Mm-hmm. I don't know if there's enough t- turnaround time to bring it to Richmond. Um, but I, I think it's a step in the right direction. It was better than the tire that was there previously. I think it helped the racing. It helped open up uh, mm-hmm. the more than the lane and a half or however you want to choose it. <laughs> I mean, some of that, some of that racing was really also how guys arced it into the corner, but right. Um, right. But yeah, I did luckily get to see a lot of the race on tv throughout the throughout the day despite being a work day but um but it 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 was there and like i said if you were in the stands if you're one of those people that that you know stuck it out stuck the rain to lay out one thanks for doing that Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. uh i think they did get to see a pretty decent race and i was saying i wasn't sure what the jeff gluck poll was going to be and i think i checked it about an hour or so ago and it was a little bit higher than i thought it was like at 66 percent. so i think that's actually pretty high for an mtj dominated race because usually yeah. those ones aren't aren't super exciting yeah i mean you, you point out the big thing when you're looking at these races how are their passes for the lead and and this one really didn't have um but the dominant car won so on the other hand something you really want to see is if you've got the best car and ryan was one of the best cars if you got the best car does the best car win that day you know or does something goofy happen? A lot of people like like the chaos, you know. They like the chaos and some strategies, some fuel strategies, and somebody wins who they didn't expect or something like that. But this one here was just an old fashioned butt whooping. Uh, even when other people did things for track position, um, it didn't matter. The nineteen was coming, and he once he got to you, that was over. So, uh, yeah. you know, yeah. kudos to him, you know. Sure. Yeah. They, it's funny how, you know, just a year ago, everybody thought he was going to walk away. They thought, you know, they're criticizing the way he and his crew chief uh, interact with each other. And I think we're seeing that sometimes something that's different actually works. Something that you think might be a problem actually works. And uh, those two guys bicker back and forth and get a little bit heated. Sometimes they call each other out and uh, Hey, they've won three races (laughs) this year. So it's, um, it's a, it's a clashing of personalities, you know, the way they, they, you know, some guys are more business-like and some guys aren't, I guess, but yeah. So their seems- dominance, uh, their dominance wasn't just on Sunday or on Monday. Gosh, I should say it actually showed up a little bit in practice and qualifying. So uh, why don't we go there and not just talk about the 19's dominance, but the fact that the, you could kind of see some glimpses there that the 12 car was going to have uh, a good weekend stand from the speed standpoint. Yeah. Um, so we get Saturday's practice. Um, with, uh, Ryan was in group B actually, but, uh, in group A at one point, the 34 set the fastest lap. So right away I'm like, Whoa, something interesting is going on here. Um, uh, but the 19 had the best, uh, you know, 10 lap average in group A, uh, the eight just hit the wall. Um, they're really hit and miss on the, uh, children's cars right now. Um, he had a horrible weekend after that. Um, Ryan and Josh are on the radio when Ryan does get in the car here, uh, discussing, uh, where the people are running in group a, um, uh, mostly lane two, uh, no one really gets down into lane one. Um, and during the race, like the, some of the race stuff, I didn't write it in my report, but that's what we were talking about. Um, how they arc it into that, 
into the turn and out of the turn in, in three and four and one and two. Like, you know, they're mainly in lane two, most of these guys, um, but some are going to put their tires a little bit outside that lane coming in or, you know, inside of it coming out. Um, but group B comes around Ryan. Um, uh, it takes a second or two for his lat, him to start running because he had to reset his wheel as he was coming out. So he let a bunch of cars go um, after him, uh, which kind of screws up your your speed when you're, you know, because usually these guys launch off pit road um, and have a spot already and run a lap, you know, and put down a good lap right off the bat. But uh, so he was actually P11 after his first lap, but then up to like P2 right away, you know, after he runs a couple. Um, settles into about P6 there, uh, only a one-tenth uh, back at the 20. So that's pretty good because the 20 looks strong. Um, but if you combine all the, here's the funny thing is we combine all the times because DV, TV on, uh, and NBC, um, kept them separate. Fox was putting them together. The app puts them together, but because TV was, was doing them separate, it was kind of cool, uh, because it showed the 20 up there. But if, when you looked on the app, the NASCAR app, he was only P 10 with both groups combined. And that's kind of weird that the second group was slower, even though there's some rubber on the track. Uh, maybe the sun had come out a little bit. Uh, Ryan would have been like 16th with all of them combined. Um, they halfway into the session, they bring it in. They'd run 14 laps here. Seven minutes to go. They come back out. Um, and uh, four minutes to go. Jonathan says, Hey, we could get one more change in real quick. If you want, and he comes and brings it in. Uh, they'd run about 20 laps at this point. Uh, they come back out with like a minute 20 left. Um, Ryan's P7 in group B uh, would have been 17th overall with the combined groups. Uh, the 20 car was P1, but like I said, would have been 10th overall combined groups. Um, they go to qualifying group A. Uh, the top five ends up being the five, the 19. I'm sorry, top five ends up being the 19, the six, 23, 45, and the eight. Uh, the 34 ended up being sixth fastest. Um, so even though he showed great speed earlier, uh, it came time to qualify. They, uh, they fell off just a little bit, or maybe he missed the lap. I don't know. Um, <clears throat> the range of times was 30.375 down to 30.586 from first to fifth. And I kind of wanted to put that together and let people see it's, you know, you know, only a 10th to two tenths, uh, you know, in between those. Uh, we get to group B, Ryan was going out 17th out of 18 cars. So he had time to watch some other ones. And once he gets in, Ron, uh, he's discussing with uh, Josh uh, about Joey's lap because, you know, he wanted to, wanted to know what Joey's lap was like. Uh, Ryan goes out there and goes to P4 um, with one guy to go. So it ends up being uh, the 22, the 10, the 20, the 24, and then the 12. Um and in their grouping, it was 30.318 to 30.468. So um, now their, their lap times were pretty close, if not faster than some of the guys in group A. And uh, that was going to be interesting once they, you know, they go for the poll here. <clears throat> um, like he would have been, he would have been P2 in group A in his time. I kind of wrote that in there too. Uh so they're going out for the pole here. Um, if the, the eight, the eight spins it out and hits the wall and bowl qualifying. Um, but, uh, the 20 ends up with the pole. Ryan ends up P five and I've got, um, Ryan had a, uh, was the sixth best 10 lap average during practice too. So kind of promising for the race. They didn't run anything longer than that. Most of the guys didn't run anything longer than that in practice. So, um, interesting on Sunday when they rained out, it was bef before even 11 AM that they announced it, uh, which was kind of nice that they gave everybody more than enough time, but, uh, the, the rain was just so bad so much. Um, and honestly, it wasn't even all like the, they were showing like people were posting video and stuff on Twitter of people. They're actually leaving the track area with roads were flooded and you know, it, it just didn't look like it was a good thing. The forecast made it seem like the rain actually might stop around two two thirty, which would have given them the opportunity to put on your, your wet weather tires yeah, in reality tires, when, yeah. when race time came around and it was still raining. So it was a good call. Um, follow on t TikTok. follow Jan man 33. He's uh, one of the guys that drives the, uh, one of the Elgins. Um, 
and he posted a video. Usually his videos is from the track, you know, showing you this or that. This one was heading back to the hotel and he was on a, on a road. And if he, he pointed the camera down the right-hand side of the road and there was a river basically running down the road and chunks of the road were washing away, like literally chunks of the asphalt. If you went over, there's like three and four foot sections of asphalt on the side of the road that had washed off. So that's how much rain they were getting. And we know that Vermont got tons of rain because um, they, they, they already moved the SRX race uh, for this week because of that. Um, so we go to Monday, excuse me, 12 noon stages of a 70, 185 and 301 and your favorite competition caution at lap 30, uh, eight sets of tires, a fuel run of 87 to 94 laps. You know what though? You're going to get to it, but they didn't need that dang old competition caution anyway. So <laughs> no, take that. No. Take yeah, that, NASCAR. Yeah, take that. We'll, we'll wreck on it. We'll wreck for it anyway. Um, fuel run of 87 to 94 laps. Pit stall 32, which was an opening in front of him and the one car behind him. Um, by lap two, the 19 had passed the 20 for the lead. And so there's your, your big pass for the lead. <laughs> Uh, Ryan is up to fifth, stays in fifth, basically. Uh, lap 29, we get a caution for the 16, and uh, this becomes the competition caution. So thank you, AJ. Uh, four tires, uh, they uh, go in fifth, come out ninth. Now, uh, once again, pit stop was actually pretty good. Um, I don't know, these stops, most of them were around the 10 second or below 10 second range from the four, four tire stops. Um, but here's what actually happens the 47 stays out. He's going to try something fun and the 24, the 11 and 34 take two tires. So there's your, there's your position changes. Um, and let's see how it works out for them. Uh, restart lap 34, uh, the 24 ends up taking the lead and the 19 moves his way all the way up to second around all those guys. Um, and let's see here by lap 45, the 19 takes the lead. Um, <clears throat> And Ryan was up to P6 at this point. Uh, lap 58, Ryan gets to P5. Uh, lap 70, we get to the end of the stage. 19 wins the stage. Ryan's P5. Um, you know, they pit here uh, at the stage break. Four tires, fuel goes in fifth, comes out fifth. Um, we get our restart lap 78, the 19 leading, Ryan in fifth. Uh, by lap 90, Ryan does get to fourth, so he makes one pass in there. And then we don't really have any action until lap 127, uh, where the green flag stop, uh, stop start. Um, at lap 130s when Ryan hits, and this is, like I said, it's a sub 10, uh, stop, um, by lap 149, the 19s in first and Ryan is in fourth as they've cycled all the way through, uh, lap 164, we get a caution for the 43, uh, another, another sub 10 second stop. They go in fourth out seventh, but once again, we get the 10, the five and the 22 taking four tires or two tires here, moving their position up, uh, restarting at lap 169. Uh, and then the 10 has the loose wheel. Yeah. The 10 really took one and a half tires. Yeah. Oops. Um, issue for him and issue for, you know, he had a fast car too. He was another one of the guys that could have been one of the four or five that was up near the front all day and, and challenging the 19, but unfortunate part there where we talk, we'll talk about some miscommunication or bad communication or something when it, when it has to do with pits is the, the 10 car driver there, Almarola, you know, told the crew chief, you know, something didn't feel right. You know, he's, he's moving back and forth before the restart and he's like, ah, you know, maybe, maybe it's fine. And he asks like, are the wheels tight? And the crew chief says, yes, wheels are tight. And yeah. then he goes into that turn. The wheel starts to come off. He crashes and he says, something broke. What was it? And he goes, you know, rear tire. What happened? How? How's that possible? Wasn't tight. <laughs> so it's mm-hmm. just, I mean, yeah. it's, I know it's so, it's so difficult to make the decision at a place like that where track position means a lot to come in and double check and make sure it's tight. But, you know, you think we had a bad day. They, uh, they had their one of their few shots of the year where, you know, this is a track where clearly from the old car to the new car, it's one of those tracks that, you know, Al Marola knows how to race and he mm-hmm. completely lost his opportunity at, you know, one of his, his few opportunities to win each year. So yeah. unfortunate for them, but uh, yeah, so he took, he took a one and a half tires on that one and it did not work out. Um, we restart lap 175. Um, the five is leading and Ryan is up 
P6, um, but lap 179, though, the 19 takes the lead, and Ryan is all the way to fourth. Uh, lap one in the 85 here at the end of the stage. 19 wins stage. Ryan is P4. So P5, P4. Um, so stage points. Really good to have those stage points, and uh, with what ends up happening, really good also. Um, everybody pretty much stays out here. Um, and the restart lap 192 with the 19 on the outside, the 22 on the inside. And I believe Ryan was on the outside here of the second row because uh, he, within the lap, passes the 22, gets to second. And they run that way for a long time. Um, Ryan really is within a tenth of a second on the lap times during most of this. Um, there are a couple laps where he actually runs a faster lap, uh, gains a little bit of ground. But it's usually he's within a half a second. Uh, this whole time uh, that he runs the first and second with him. Uh, we get um, at lap 236, Ryan Pitts. A green flag cycle starts here, Ryan Pitts, and the 19 pits the next lap. Now, a couple things here on this one. Um, you know, you try to pit a lap or two earlier than the other guy, hoping that you get back out there and you run a little bit faster lap, so you get one or two extra laps quicker than him. Um the problem was, is there were a lot of traffic on this and during this cycle, um, when the 19 get, does get back out there in front of Ryan, there's a couple cars between them and Ryan ends up having to lose ground because he's got to go around these guys to get back to the 19 here. Um, by lap two fifty seven, uh, the three car finally pits cause he stayed out way long trying to hope that something would happen for him. And this puts the 19, in the lead again, and Ryan chasing him in second again. Uh, kind of like back to where they were um at lap 271 we get a caution for the 42 and this is where this happens and uh you know we've seen it um i've watched the replay a bunch of times now that i got home we got a chance to watch it i'm just gonna chalk it up to some real bad miscommunication because those of you who listen to this and i know a bunch of people listen to scanners now uh heard that you know, said something about being told a couple different things. And, um, you know, some people say you're supposed to do it this way. Some people say you're supposed to do it that way. Uh, we're, I, I don't really want to get into it because here's the thing is that, you know, since Flores, Ryan Flores has come back to the team. Ryan is on uh, Flores is on a podcast of his own, uh, with, with Corey, the joy it's called stacking pennies. It usually comes out like, I think Thursday afternoon, usually. I don't know this week because they're, they're a week later. I don't or a day later. I don't know, but I suggest just go to there. Um, if he wants to talk about, it, he's going to talk about it. If he wants to explain it, he, he will explain it. He has talked about things that have happened this year, last year and owned it. If it was him, um, you're going to hear why, you know, if he's going to explain it, you're going to hear why, um, I wasn't going to dig and ask a lot of questions of anybody because it it's, it's a situation that they're going to just, just going to fix it. You know, whatever it is, it's going to fix it. A two tire stop is something totally different, totally rare. Um, and in this situation, it just, it didn't work out that hose was still there. Flores couldn't get himself back around the front of the car. And that's, you know, it ends up being a penalty. Um, they come back in. Uh, only thing I heard on the radio at that point was to come back when they do come back in, they were going to put the right side or put the left sides on and make sure the right sides were tight. So they may not have hit, thought they hit the lugs, you know, they didn't say front or rear. They just said the, the, the right side. So who knows with all that, like I said, stacking pennies comes out Thursday. It's a great podcast. Actually, Corey, Corey LaJoy is fun to listen to. Um, but right. They have a segment called boats, pit road, boats and woes, you know, and, Ryan will talk about it if he wants to, um, you know, if he doesn't, he doesn't, I mean, it might be something they want to just keep in house and work on it, you know, but these guys, once again, these are the same guys that won the 600. Okay. The eight, 10, 12 pit stops they made that, that that's uh, Monday night. So, you know, I'm just tired of that, that part of it. I can't yell at everybody. Cause you don't know, you don't know what, what happened. You don't know what guy I've seen three different things. Just uh, let's try to move on from it. Try to learn from it. Try not to let it happen again. Um, get to a situation later in the year. And these guys, you know, are going to hopefully improve and, and change. That's the other thing. They're always changing the way they do things. They're always improving the way they do things. And this is, uh, was a learning experience, you know, hopefully just take something from it, move on and 
Yeah. The only thing, the only thing I'll really say the, the social media reaction was interesting because, um, blame was thrown in like a hundred different directions. They're like, Oh wait, is the Jack man threw the Jack down too fast. Oh, <laughs> the one fun one that I saw from a few people were, why did Flores, uh, why didn't he just stay where he was? <laughs> I'm like, um, well he could have, and he basically did. <laughs> And that's why the hose got ran over. Uh, you have to, he has to bring the hose back across the wall uh, mm-hmm. for it to be a legal stop. So that it was interesting to me to see the, why didn't he just stay where he was? It would have been fine. And like, no, <laughs> that's not how that works. Um, mm-hmm. I heard, you know, you know, the crew chief told him to go. So he went or, you know, Ryan just went on his own. So what that tells me is that it may have just been a series of unfortunate events. Mm-hmm. And in the end, it's unfortunate for the team. You can't win races that way. There's no way to sugarcoat that. And um, mm-hmm. you, there was some communication at the at the end from the driver and at the end on social media from the crew chief that says they're going to address it. So yeah, they'll, they'll know, work. We're, on we're not experts. We try to gather as much information as we can possible. I, I agree with Steve. Let's hear what Brian Flores have to, has to say. He's addressed. I would say eighty percent of the mistakes that they've had in the past mm-hmm. that he's been mm-hmm. involved in. He's talked about it. So um, let's wait and see what he has to say. But regardless of the reason, regardless of who made the mistake, uh, it was a mistake. It cost them a chance at a good finish. And um, there's really no other way to, to explain it except for, uh, you know, focus forward. And I know we can, we still have a little bit more to talk about in the, in the yeah. race when I think there's one more unfortunate event that happens before this thing finishes out. So. Yeah, I mean, you you can't go to the um the uh, pit school or pit uh, pit crew store and buy buy a new pit crew guy right now. Yeah. There's uh, there's really no uh, you know there's nothing out there that you uh, no value guys that uh, you're gonna go buy at the the pit crew store. So uh, you got to do what you can with what you have and uh, get better and improve. And uh, I'm sure I'm sure that's all they did. Uh, we're recording this Tuesday. Uh, night and i'm sure that's what they did tuesday and that's what they're going to work on wednesday and they'll work on it again thursday and the next time they're in this situation you know they're they'll work on it so um yeah we get um we get a restart lap 278 and we're i think it's 25th but this is tail end of the the, the longest line too because the penalty um so you're behind the lappers too which kind of like really sucks because sometimes the lappers will lay over some guys will just lay over because it you know don't want to get run over, but other times, you know, you kind of got to fight your way around them here, but, um, they restart and only run a couple laps. Um, cause we get a caution lap two eighty for the 48. So he's up to 23rd. So he passed a couple cars. Now, when he restarts this next restart, he'll be, uh, with the cars he's racing with too. Um, we restart lap two eighty six here in 23rd. And then we get a caution at two eighty nine for the 20. And, um, this is not, it happens after that, right? Where he gets, yeah. Cause uh, the restart lap 293. Um, and he, he seems to have worked his way up to about 16th, I think at this point during all this, but there's a melee of, um, what'd you say? It was the 47 hitting the 47, the 12 and the 54 were all racing for position. I brought up the multi grooves. They were all kind of in a different, different lane there, but the 47, yeah, so the, on the plus side, Ryan had worked his way back up. I think he probably would have finished in the top 15 if this didn't happen, which would have been a fairly decent way to salvage the run that they were having, uh, especially yeah. thanks to those last couple cautions that got him back in position to race with the cars he should be racing against. But unfortunately, the 47 had some other thoughts, and he runs into the back of Ryan. Ryan goes sideways. Ryan goes into the 54, and it actually corrects the car a little bit for Ryan. I think it saves him from going into the wall. So if you saw on TV, we saw the last second of this, and that was just the 54 going up into the wall. So Ty Gibbs goes into the wall. They thought maybe there was going to be a caution, but immediately Ryan drops from 16th or 17th back to you know 20-plus and it's just uh as i said it's just a one more unfortunate thing you know to to happen at the the end of this you know adding you'd say adding insult to injury is the fact that he'd almost rebounded enough to maybe get a you know a decent top 15 finish to gather back up some points that he lost by going back to the back because of the pit incident but just kind of gets 
taken out in the back, yeah. you know, I mean, it just seemed, it seemed unnecessary. I know the 47's aggressive and they're, I mean, they're fighting for points too. I mean, they're, they're in the playoffs. They won the Daytona 500, but they still want to get as many points as possible. So it yeah. was, uh, it, it, the TV didn't show it. I think Peacock eventually showed it in their post race, but they, um, or USA, I guess I don't think it ever went to Peacock, but they showed it in, in the post race. So it wasn't shown during the actual race, but they kind of went back to it. So if you stayed tuned in till after the race was over, you would have caught a glimpse of this, but I haven't seen any other mm-hmm. videos of it go up on social media. So I saw a lot of people asking questions like how, you know, they saw Ryan was coming back to the front. Like they said, what the heck happened? It's like, well, the 40, the 47 and, and 54 <laughs> happened. Yeah. Um, so 19 ends up when Ryan ends up uh, 22nd. Um, you know, I wait, usually wait till, you know, Tuesday is when Ryan Monday or, or Tuesday, Ryan will put a little quote out. So he put one out today. Um, he said, uh, he said, obviously a frustrating end to what, uh, looked to be a really solid day for us. I felt like we were one of the few cars, uh, that really had a shot at running down Truex. Unfortunately, we picked, uh, uh or fortunately we picked up some stage points early on, but definitely not the way I saw our day ending up. Um, so I kind of like, I've said this before about when he puts out his quote, um, just kind of like follow his lead on that. Um, you know, we're not going to sit here, play the blame game. Um, like I said, these are hardworking guys trying to, trying to help the team win. And, uh, nobody tries to make a mistake. You know, you got to remember that nobody's like trying to make a mistake, but you let it all hang out and you try to make a play and it just, it just didn't work out. Um, hopefully they, like I said, hopefully they're just working on fixing it, which, uh, there you know they are um so let's move on let's get ourselves uh you know pocono coming up this week and we love pocono yeah um one last thing Mm -hmm. (laughs) crew chief jonathan hassler made a statement on twitter as well in an hour or two after the race ended he said certainly made some mistakes today that took us out of contention for the win i take responsibility for what we did as well as how we will respond and I, I kind of feel like as the leader of that team, uh, alongside Ryan, that was a uh, he didn't have to do this. He didn't have to make this public, um, but I think he thought he owed it to uh, all of you guys that are listening out there. And uh, he owed it to mm-hmm. Ryan to just to kind of stand up, fall on the sword, but also take ownership of how they're going to respond and correct this going in the future. So, um, like you said, uh, we can we can focus forward on on Pocono. Uh, we did lose a little bit of ground in the NASCAR Cup Series standings on points. Didn't uh, Ryan didn't move position wise when it comes to the overall point standings? He's still in the seventh position, but he is now uh, eighty six points behind the leader, uh, who is Martin Truex Jr. Now he he mm-hmm. overtook yeah. uh, William Byron for the lead. Uh, Byron didn't have that that great of a day. So last week I think Ryan was at minus seventy five. Now he's at minus eighty six. Uh, the top 10 in the Cup Series driver standings are as follows, uh, are as follows. Truex, Byron, Bell, Hamlin, Kyle Busch, Ross Chastain, Blaney, Larson, Harvick, and teammate Joey Logano rounds out the top 10. So um, that's where we are in the standings. Didn't lose it. anything as far as positions go. Did lose about 11 points, though, to the leader. Um, but we are in luck because we are headed this week now. Uh, it's a short week, uh, but we are headed to Pocono Raceway in Pennsylvania. Uh, if you want to tune into the action, I'll give you a quick NASCAR and TV report for Pocono. Uh, everything starts on Saturday as far as the races go. There is some practice and qualifying for Xfinity and trucks on Friday, and I think an ARCA race as well. But Saturday, July 22nd at noon, you can catch the NASCAR Craftsman Truck Series, uh, CRC Brake Lean 150. On FS1 at 3 p.m. Eastern time, you can catch the NASCAR Cup Series practicing qualifying at Pocono, and then followed by that, 5.30 p.m. Eastern time, the NASCAR Xfinity Series Pocono 225, and then the big race is happening on Sunday, July 23rd, 2.30 p.m. Eastern time, the NASCAR Cup Series HighPoint.com 400. Um, Pocono is, and we bring this up our last couple of years, a few years, is a special place for Blaney fans. It's a special place for Blaney fans to meet because um, you you can tell the story when I'm done uh, giving yeah. some stats here. But Ryan does have one win, two top fives, six top tens, and 13 starts. He has an average start of 14th and an average finish of 13.1. Um, his last handful of starts here, going back to 2018, fifth, sixth. And then unfortunately, last year, he was involved in a crash and finished 30. 
third, but he does have that win 2017 uh, where he dueled, was it Kevin Harvick at the, at the finish? Kevin of Harvick. Race? Kevin, Kevin um, Harvick um, raced him clean. Very clean. Mm-hmm. And uh, Ryan, Ryan held him off much like a lot of Ryan's first wins uh, in, in the, the various series. I remember him, you know, beating Kyle Busch at, at, Bristol seemed like a lot, not a lot of Ryan's Ryan wins come easy. And that definitely wasn't one of them. It was nerve wracking all the way down to the end, all the way until he hit the checkered flag. But as I said, it's a special place for Blaney fans. It's, I don't know. I think between Pocono and uh, Michigan, this might be Ryan's family type of home track. Um, Obviously Charlotte is really closer to where he really truly grew up, but the Blaney family is from, uh, Northeast Ohio. So I would say a split between Michigan and Pocono are kind of maybe a home tracks for especially the the core Blaney fans that have been following the family a long time. So we like going back to Pocono, unique track, unique layout, and uh, sometimes Blaney fans meet up and end up married. <laughs> yes, <laughs> it's uh, it can happen. It can and will happen. Um, yeah, it's uh, on the tricky, uh, the tricky chronicles. If you go to the Pocono, the old Pocono website, uh, Pocono, uh, it's a, a love story is what Pocono style is what it's called. Um, uh, cause they, they actually, uh, contacted us and did a little video, um, talking about how we met and uh, we met at the will call window. We both won uh, tickets, uh, um, for a Dave race actually, when Dave was with Tommy ball and they did a little contest and, uh, you know, wear your NASCAR gear. They took, you know, put your picture online and, uh, they picked, I don't know, it was eight or 10 or 12 winners, you know, however many tickets they had. And, um, standing at that will call window, there were a lot of people who won through Baldwin's thing, but, uh, there were only two of us standing there that, uh, were wearing Dave's stuff. So, uh, of course we start talking and, uh, you know, it's been a fabulous, uh, wild, great ride ever since, uh, you know, we did not, uh, did not date right away, but, uh, we definitely knew, uh, later on that, uh, it was, a, it was a great moment. And the rest was history. That's it. Um, speaking of things being history, my fantasy team is history because <laughs> I just do not think <laughs> I'm going to be able to compete because I, again, I'll go through my lineup here and my lineup is going to sound really good, except for some really bad things happened to some of these folks in here. So my yeah, lineup yeah. that I had for this past week at New Hampshire, Eric Almarola got me 10 points, but qualified really well, was running really well, really well until uh, that pit incident. Ryan Blaney started him, got me 28 points. Uh, again, probably could have been a lot more than that unfortunate issue that they had on the pit stop. Christopher Bell started on the pole, ran really strong, and also ran really, really strong into the wall at the end of that race. Got mm-hmm. me 14 points. Martin Shrex Jr. had the winner, got me 60 points. That's a big haul. Uh, mm-hmm. He swept swept the stages, won the race, so uh, he, he earned the most points on the day. Uh, not surprising. Bubba Wallace had an up-and-down day but uh, ended up with 29 points and I left Joey Logano in the garage. Uh, I was back Oops. and forth Oops. on, on, on bringing Bubba in or out. Mm-hmm. Um, so even if I did that, I mean, maybe I probably should have taken Almarola out, but I, I wasn't, I wasn't confident that Joey was going to stay up there. I, I didn't think they had the car at the time, but I guess what he did. He, uh, he ended up, <laughs> I ended up leaving 45 points in the garage for my featured matchups. I picked Byron over Elliot. That was wrong. I picked Hamlin over Kyle Bush. That was right. I picked Logano over Chastain. That was right. And I picked Truex over Reddick. That was right. So man, I, I had a lot, every single person in my lineup had a really strong day going at one point or another and uh, just didn't, didn't seal the deal. So I think I ended up 49th overall in, in, in points earned for the weekend. So how uh, what did your lineup look like? Because I don't think you did <laughs> oh, man. much better. I did a little better, but not much. And I had Larson, uh, Bell, Elliott, uh, Truex, and Chastain, and Logano in the garage. And the Logano thing, if I, you know, once again, I was at work, so it was kind of tough to keep track of it. But if I would have looked at it, is about a 30, let's see, there's two different guys that, were 14 points. So it would have been a 30, 31 point jump for me if I had pulled one of those guys. So if I add 31 points, seven, have been top 10. 10. that would have been top 10. <laughs> it would have been right around sixth or seventh. So, um, yeah, 
one one thing makes that whole thing. And and um, I got three of the four matchups correct. I had Chase over William. I had Denny over Kyle. Um, I had Joey. Or I had Ross. I'm sorry, and Joey beat him. Uh, and then I had Truex over Reddick. So, uh, you know, the lineup wasn't bad for setting it. Um, when did I set it on Wednesday or last week or Tuesday yeah. last week? So, um, you know, I'll, uh, I'll have to look at this week and see what they, what they, if they've got that set up. Cause last week they had it already ready to go where you could go ahead and plug in the, the week's, uh, stuff. But, um, yeah, our top, uh, top 10 had a, had a really interesting, uh, person on the top there, didn't it? It did. So I ended up 49th with 171 points earned. You ended up in the 40th position with 186 points earned. And now we'll go into the top 10 in points earned from this past week at New Hampshire and the Team Blaney NASCAR Fantasy Live League. In a tie for ninth, we have Moose Hunter 1960 and Matt O with 215 points. In eighth, we have Eric D15 with 216. In seventh, we have Alyssa C with 217. In sixth, we have Cheesehead Fan with 220. In fifth, we have Blaney Kicks Beep with 222 and fourth we have stellanarius so nicole did well 224 points and third we have abby nnk with 235 and second we have bulldog 0277 and 238 and in the first position i don't think this is the first time i think it's happened before in the last couple years but rogers t 248 points earned wins the day at new hampshire motor speedway that is uh, my better half, Tara, <laughs> comes home with the victory at New Hampshire, and uh, I heard about it. <laughs> no, I heard right. about it. I heard about it when it happened. I heard about it a couple hours later. I think I heard about it today. So awesome! Um, it is well known that that uh, someone won and somebody lost <laughs> in this house. And quite honestly, she uh, was... week to week beats me pretty consistently. So what was um. What was her lineup like? Uh, um, let me see. I don't even I, know. I, I should have actually. I should have found out. But she actually every every person in her uh, starting five finished in the top ten at least. And then I think she may have swept the uh, the featured matchups as well. But yeah, two hundred forty eight points earned. So that was a pretty substantial amount over what we earned for the week. So congratulations yeah, to had, her. Here, and uh, here you go. She had she had Reddick. She had Truex, she had Logano, she had Larson. So that's one, two, three, four in points ranking. She had Bubba Wallace, who ended up eighth best in points. Christopher Bell was uh, in the garage. She made. Uh, I she, remember when she made that swap, so that was smart. Yeah, she had Chase <laughs> over William. She had Denny over Kyle. She had uh, Joey over Chastain. And the only one she got wrong is Reddick. She had Reddick over Truex. She could have had 10 more points. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> So, awesome good job yeah. tara so good for her we'll have to i'm gonna i'm gonna have to get some tips from her going on um yeah. scrolling through the uh the overall standings i see some mm-hmm. fantastic news here that we're gonna get to in a few seconds oh, so that's not um, fantastic come on now. <laughs> in the 39th ahead, position overall team blaney host adam 39th with 3517 points and um this is great news in the 11th position how the mighty have fallen Mez 12, 3,737 points. You have fallen outside of the top 10 in the overall standings. And uh, oh, man, what a great week. My wife wins last week, you know, wins the week in fantasy and you fall out of the top 10. I can't ask for more. Um, 10th position, Abby NNK, 3,755. Ninth, Alyssa C, 3,791. Eight, Blaring Idiots, 3,819. Seventh, Go Larson, 3,832. Six, Eric D15, 3,836. And fifth, Penske Fan 24, 3,837. And fourth, No Hesitation, 3,846. Christian Dana in third, 3,867. Second, Blaney's Daisy, 3,800. 80 and pulling away here a little bit we have factory of sadness six in the first position overall in the team blade nascar fantasy live league standings 3,949 points so i will say I, I i thought my wife was out performing me every week but she is actually in the 47th position so i do have uh you know a handful of positions over her in the standing. So I'll, I'll remind her of that a little bit later that you may have won this week, but I'm going to win the war. So All right. <laughs> we'll see how this goes. So I know we talked about Pocono a little bit there. 
uh, right before we did this fantasy recap, I mentioned the fact that, you know, Ryan's pretty decent there. Average finish of 13th. I think you've used up all your usages of Ryan there. And I think I might have only two or three left to go. There's six races left to go in the regular season before things reset. Um, I'm probably going to put Ryan in the garage unless he qualifies really, really well. It remains to be seen. And this track, it's just a little bit different. Really long straightaways, three turns, three turns that are very different. And sometimes when the crew chiefs are going up to to set up the car, they have to um, maybe focus on one turn over another. So you're not always going to be really good in each one of those. So practice and qualifying this week are going to be something you're going to want to watch, especially when it comes to setting your fantasy lineup. But straight out of the gate, um, anybody come to mind that that you are looking at for this race? And I can even pull up the last several winners too, if we want to want to talk about that. Oh I see man, a name uh, you might want to consider <laughs> some going through this. <laughs> Kevin Harvick. Um, he's a he's a possibility, but let's take a look at, at these winners since, and I'm going to go since Ryan Blaney's first Cup Series win in 2017. So I'm going to start there. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, and you have to remember that for a while here. For the majority of its time, Pocono did have two races, so it wasn't until 2022 that they went down to one. So um, 2017, so I'll start there in the spring race, 2017, Ryan Blaney wins, then Kyle Busch, then Martin Truex Jr., then Kyle Busch, then Kyle Busch, then Denny Hamlin, then Kevin Harvick, then Denny Hamlin, then Alex Bowman, then Kyle Busch. And then Chase Elliott won the race last year in 2022. I know Kyle Busch had a really rough weekend um, at New Hampshire. But I think this uh, the way that the RCR cars are, I know they've been up and down all year, but outside of this New Hampshire race, Kyle has found a way to run in the top 10. I think prior to this race, he had seven or eight top 10s in a row. You know, if you give if they put a decent car under Kyle Busch, he knows how to race at this Pocono track. And I'm fairly certain unless their practice and qualifying is catastrophic, like it much like it was this past week when he crashed in his, his lap. Um, mm-hmm. I would not be would not hesitate to put Kyle Busch in my lineup. Uh, yeah, I go with that. Um, you know, Toyotas um have seemed to gain on Hendrick. Um, the you know the the I say Toyotas because it's it's it is the Gibbs, but it's also the twenty three eleven cars. Um, and I, I could see uh, Bubba running really well here. Redick, uh, you know, is due for due for one of those races where he kind of dominates a race. Um, I really be interesting to see how the Fords do in practice and qualifying. To tell you the truth, I'm not as confident. Um, this track is really, really weird because it it has that turn, you know, turn one and being like a, a super speedway kind of turn, and then you know you get to the tunnel turn in the back there, and you know then the flatness of turn three. Just there, you're right. There's you know, so many different ways to try to set the car up and to get it to do things. And, uh, you know, just hopefully you don't have anything you know bad happen, uh, coming out of three. You know, One thing okay. to mention with, uh, this race, I mentioned Chase Elliott won last year, but if you go back and look at the, the results, have to remember that Denny Hamlin and Kyle Bush actually finished Crossed the finish line one and two. So Hamlin and Kyle Busch were some of the names that have won multiple Pocono races over the last 10 years. So they actually finished one and two last year. They were disqualified for having that piece of tape underneath the the car's wrap on the hood, on the nose of the car. So keep in mind that, um, that those two uh, ran really, really strong last year. It remains to be seen whether that little, you know, elevated area under the under the nose actually gave them any more speed or downforce than anybody else i i suspect that they were going to be good there no matter what so um, but that was i think that was the first time that a cup series driver had been disqualified from winning in forever (laughs) so Mm -hmm. uh, hasn't happened since then so but keep that in mind denny hamlin kyle bush did run one and two the race was handed over to Chase Elliott after uh, those two cars failed post-race inspection. So that even just solidifies my pick of wanting to put Kyle Busch up front. Though, as you said, you know, Toyotas have been great. Kyle Busch is not going to be in a Toyota this year. Yeah. So yeah, I, Denny Hamlin actually is, is one of the ones that would be, you know, our little redemption story here. Um, and they definitely can do it. So he, he's one of those guys that can handle the three different turns and that's uh Shifting too is a big thing with this uh, this track, and when you know when they do shift and downshift and so forth. So, and then the engines just you know being revved the whole time. Um, pitting pit strategies become very interesting. 
because you've got the where you can pit and not lose the lap. Yeah. So you'll see some of these some of these teams may pit pit um, early in a stage, and and hopefully cycle through and then you know be in better position at the end of the stage. So there's some very interesting things that that are going to happen this weekend. Uh, should be fun to watch. So again, if you want to tune in for just the Cup Series programming, it starts on Saturday, July 22nd, 3 p.m. Eastern Time is NASCAR Cup Series practice and qualifying on USA. And then Sunday, July 23rd, 2.30 p.m. Eastern Time, the NASCAR Cup Series High Point 400 at Pocono Raceway, also on the USA Network. I don't think we have much more to talk about this week as we're recording the Don Martin Memorial Silver Cups happening at Lernerville Speedway back home uh, in the uh, north or in the western Pennsylvania area there. I know Dale Blaney's running out there for that race, so we might have an update on that when we come back around next week. Um, If I haven't mentioned it already, it's really great to see Dale back behind the wheel of a sprint car kind of full-time in 2023 so wish him well hopefully he gets into the feature and and makes some noise over there in lernerville um but for now i think that pretty much wraps it up for this uh this week's episode so i want to thank everybody once again for tuning into the episode of the team blaney podcast if you'd like to learn more about myself or co-host steve just listen to our very first episode that explores our blaney racing fandom you can interact with us on facebook and twitter at team blaney and on instagram threads and tw- or on TikTok at team.blaney. Uh, so all the socials, all the socials you can find us on there and a uh, little bit different content from uh, social platform to social platform. So be sure to follow us on all of those. And finally, we'd like to encourage you to support the Ryan Blaney Family Foundation established in 2018. This organization supports causes like the Alzheimer's Association and UPMC Sports Medicine through fundraisers, events, and membership in the Blaney Bunch Fan Club. To learn more, visit RyanBlaneyFamilyFoundation.org or follow them on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And it's worth noting that they've put up some new merchandise on the Ryan Blaney Family Foundation's uh, Shopify shop, including the 2023 Lou Blaney Memorial shirts, which I think look awesome and retro and vintage uh, features uh, one of Lou's really old sprint cars and one of his uh, classic uh, modifieds that he ran in the 90s and early 2000s. So check that out. It's a really cool shirt. And uh, they have some sale items on the the website as well. So always a a great opportunity to get some Blaney swag that also supports a really good cause in the Ryan Blaney Family Foundation. So for my co-host Steve, I'm Adam Rogers. We'll catch you next time right here on the Team Blaney Podcast. Good night, Brussels. Check out the TikTok. Thanks, everybody, for coming. Hope you enjoyed it.